I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched Disney's Bedknobs and Broomsticks. This is a it's a, a movie based upon um, multiple books, actually. The Magic Bed Knob or How to Become a Witch in Ten Easy Lessons from 1943 Ooh. and Bonfires and Broomsticks from 1947, both by English children's author Mary Norton. Okay. Oh, this, I think they got the rights to this movie before Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. but then it was shelved once they got the rights to Mary Poppins um, because... It was too similar or whatever. Uh, So they just put it on hold for a bit and then eventually did it. But yeah, who wants to do our story synopsis? Spoiler free story synopsis. Um, Okay, I'll do it. Okay, babe. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. Eglantine Price is a witch in training taking courses from a correspondence school. Uh, She, uh, in the midst of uh, her training, has to take in three children uh, three war orphans. Because this takes place when? In uh, the beginning of World War Two in England. Britain? Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so this, yeah. So she has to take in three war orphans. And they discover that she is a witch in training. And then Eglantine gets a letter that the correspondence school that she has been taking classes from is closing down. So she takes the kids to go find the professor of this school or the headmaster of this school so she can get her spell and and finish this this goal that she has set out for herself which requires this last spell from the headmaster and that's it i think yeah pretty much yeah it's basically a quest movie so she's trying to find that and then go on a series of adventures in the pursuit of it yes yeah yes yes um without obviously still without getting into spoilers what do you guys think of it would you recommend it what do you think? Definitely for me. I loved it. I thought it was really delightful. There's some in- extra info on Disney+. Plus. We will talk about some caveats. <laughs> yes, yeah, there's some caveats. I think it could have been better, uh, which we'll talk about. But but I did enjoy it generally. And yeah, I think I'd recommend it. Yeah, I yeah. think I'd recommend it too. I, I don't think it's necessarily... This was the first time that I had seen it. Same, Same for you. Yeah. Um, Mom, you had seen it before, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, um, but for me and Valerie, this was the first time. It's one of those movies that I've always heard about. And I, I know I knew that some people preferred it to Mary Poppins, but I, I didn't really know a lot about it besides the fact that it was mostly live action, had an animated segment. There was that lion guy with the crown. That's like all I knew. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and so, and so, yeah, this was my first experience and it didn't like rock it up to the top of my favorites or anything, but like I had a fun time. Yeah. Same. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I would recommend it. Um, I just wanted to add that I would recommend it. I think I, I don't think I actually said that. And I also just wanted to say, you asked, had I seen it before? I know I've seen it before. Right before our podcast, my youngest Annalise asked me what my favorite childhood Disney movies that I watched again and again were, but realize I didn't have that capability. We didn't right. have. Um, so the, it is weird so to think I, about, isn't it? Yeah. So I would have watched this um, because on Sunday evenings, I believe it was, I sat down with my family and had our popcorn and all that. And we watched uh, the wonderful world of Disney. Um, and so I would have seen it there. And um, so, but I wouldn't have had the ability to see it again and again. 
Right, right. It would just be whenever it aired. And Correct. airing on TV, it almost certainly had probably even more cuts to it than the theatrical release, which we'll talk about that whole thing. Um, so yeah, and that's interesting. Yeah, it is weird to think about how, because for you and me, it was both just such a understood thing that... Yeah, you can get VHS tapes or whatever and just keep watching a thing. And I know, then eventually y'all... you can just find it, it on the internet and keep watching it. But like... Yeah, but... y'all, yeah. Yeah. And I feel kind of shortchanged because like I said, Annalise is asking me, what was your favorite movie? Because she's naming hers and it's like, what was Danica's? What was Nathan's? And I'm like, <laughs> um, but I said, I could tell you what my favorite cartoons that I would watch, you know, or, or like my... And they were like live, like um, Run Joe Run and uh, this... Uh, I don't know where they went back in time, land of time. I mean, which oh, land sure. of yeah, yeah, it was so funny that I would watch every week, but, and I loved, but yeah, I can't tell you, I don't, you know, know what my favorite Disney movie was. Cause again, I would have just, my only, my only yeah. connection to that kind of thing is like seeing in media, I consumed talking about like Saturday morning cartoons and stuff like that. Cause that's like when people would, watch stuff because otherwise throughout the rest of the week you don't get to watch the thing yeah and that's yeah. so weird to even yeah like that's so not true of media <laughs> anymore i know um and wasn't really when we were children either at least to some extent to, yeah. you could get certain things on tape and watch them yeah well i mean i would definitely watch saturday morning cartoons oh sure um i think there were still like blocks of time especially tv shows yes tv shows yeah. they had uh tgif uh, Saturday morning cartoons, tsunami stuff like that. So there yeah. were there were still transitioning, or they still had yes. that kind of remnant of this is a there's a certain time where you go and you like sit in front of the TV and you watch a certain thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. The watching the late night tsunami to see anime. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I and I do remember like one of my absolute favorites was um oh shoot a bug the um they're all on an island they're cast though no, it's a Gilligan's whole family Island? no 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 it's a whole family oh uh Swiss um, Family Robinson yes yes that was one of my absolute favorites I do know that and I feel like I, I've seen that once when I was a kid or something I also love the one that it's got scary parts like for me it, it was to me um but it was like Irish and the and the like the carriage of death came and it was um and and they were leprechauns or something um or i don't know if it was leprechauns darn i'll have to find out the name of that one but that was not one sure that I used to love. <laughs> we don't know yeah. yeah that one doesn't sound familiar i know i know it was really cool but yeah there was like the scary man it was so cool this carriage of death because basically the i know the father or, or one of the protagonists he basically was going to keep his daughter i think from being from dying because she had something so he traded his soul <laughs> it was it's really good because uh, he, he like found like um, maybe a leprechaun and a pot of rainbow and tricked him into getting his gold or something. I don't remember. But is oh, it a show so or a movie? No, it was a movie. It was a famous a movie. Disney movie. Live action? Okay. Yeah, Disney live movie. action. Yeah. Interesting. If it was if it was animated, I would have. Yeah, if it's Disney no, and animated, action. I know yeah. about it. So <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I wonder if it's on Disney Plus. You'll have to, to yeah. look. And then if, I if not, yeah, I, don't, I wonder where else you could find it. What it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what it's called. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know. I, I Darn. If I can think of it, but it's just, this is where I need my mom. <laughs> darn. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Well, we've gotten way off the course so of the sorry. podcast, but that's fine. <laughs> fine. No, it's a fun little diversion. Um, but yes, we would all recommend the movie. So let's. You're just going to leave all of that in and I'm going to talk through it so that you don't, that you have to cut it. I don't have to actually cut it. Let's 
get specific. Yay! Beautiful. Um, yeah, so let's start talking about the story, characters, uh, voice work. Actually, before we get into that, let's discuss the elephant in the room. This film was originally at a length of 139 minutes, um, but was edited down to around two hours prior to its premiere to fit a roadshow format. Mm-hmm. In 1996, the, oh, actually, it was fit, it was cut down to two hours for that, and then it was, the theatrical version, I think, was 117 minutes, okay. so that it was a little bit more than the Roadshow version, but still was missing stuff. And then in 1996, they restored as much of as they could find back into it, um, and that became the version that would be on DVDs and stuff. Which is not the version that was on Disney Plus. Nope. <laughs> um, the version. So I can explain to you exactly why the version that's on Disney Plus is there, and that's because that's the Blu-ray. Um, they chose the version that had the best video quality, rather than the version that had the best movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the last release of the restored version was in two thousand nine on DVD. Then in twenty fourteen, when they did a Blu-ray. They didn't have the restored version. It was the theatrical version, which is 117 minutes. And then as extras, they had some of the the scenes. So Disney Plus took that version and then didn't give us the extra scenes on the side. The only thing, the main thing that they (laughs) did give us was a 20 minute documentary with the Sherman brothers talking about those scenes that were cut and that has Angela Lansbury constantly talking about how excited she is about the restored version, which you are not able to watch on Disney Plus. Even the scenes of that version. Right, even the scenes of them you are not able to watch on Disney Plus. Throw the scenes in your extras, um, please. Awful. Positively awful job done, Disney Plus. I know that you've got so much content that you, that you're putting on there. You probably don't but care. please put Aladdin on there first and foremost. But Aladdin TV series, I gotta just say, please put that on there. I'm dying. My crops <laughs> are dying. But secondly, can you put the good version of Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, or at least in the extras, put those scenes? The better version. Like, yes. version was good. Yes, this version was great. But yes, it would have really liked the other. So um, among the things that were cut are were like three different musical numbers and a whole subplot involving the uh, reverend guy played by what what's his name Ronnie Mom? McDowell. Yeah, his he has a whole subplot that is almost non-existent in the film. You basically see him in the beginning and then like right at the end, and otherwise he has no presence in the film. Yeah, he's a. Uh, but he had a whole subplot originally. He's like a preacher, and so yes. By the way, I just have to tell you all something. One of the things that Ronnie McDowell, I've I've loved him for years because, again, on all the Disney movies and things that I watch, but he, there was a series of Planet of the Apes, and he was the head ape, and he he's very famous for that in and of itself. So yeah. the series of movies, or like a television series, a television series, I believe. Gotcha. I don't know. No, if I it think was... you're. I think you're right that that existed. I don't know much about it, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember if he was in any, not any of the recent movies, but I don't know if he was in any of the original movies, but he was very prominent in the series. That's kind of on my back burner of movies that I want to check out, but haven't really gotten to. But let's focus on the movie that we did watch, Um, even though, yes, that's fine to call out. Loving Ron, Ronnie McDowell. Yeah. But yeah, he's barely in the movie, so... Yeah, At least in the version that is that is here on he, Disney Plus. Uh, more, his subplot uh, is I believe mostly intact in the restored version that we okay. did not see 
Although, although it's worth mentioning, um, the deleted scenes reveal that he's um, interested in marrying Miss Price and mm. largely for her property. So Ooh, he's not. A, he's guy. actually so like the we we'll talk about it later. But like that final scene with him makes a lot more sense with that context because we don't really know who he is. Yeah, yeah I thought he was that. like a minister or something. He for is. Some... Oh, but like also not. Really a, a great guy. guy. Um, but uh, yeah. the film uh, that we got to see didn't, we didn't get really get that. I thought there would have been something like uh, religious versus like witchcrafty type things. And like, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, That's I don't even know. The Lord. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. It's all about property. Interesting. So yeah, let's talk about the plot and stuff. Um, I, I want to say one of the first notes that I put um, as it was doing the opening credit stuff was this movie is promising me a witch leading a ghost army against the Nazis, and I feel like it's not it's not going to deliver that. We, we will, will discuss in spoilers. spoilers whether or not it did, but okay. I just want to say that that is something I wrote very early on in this movie. <laughs> yes, because the credits are in the beginning, which we are not used to. And also there's some credits at the end, but... Some. Yeah. I'm but... relatively used to because I did watch old animated Disney movies, which were the sure, same. Fair. Like Alice in Wonderland and all sorts of... The, like, they all had those in the beginning, so I'm not completely unaccustomed, but I also don't love it. I don't. I don't love... Sitting there for like five minutes as a bunch of credits go. Yeah. Um, I liked the characters. Angela Lansbury's introduction. Beautiful. Yeah. Just riding in on a motorcycle <laughs> spewing gas. Yes. Yes. I, with a sidecar. Yes. The yellow gas is like, you can kind of see it in the, the yeah, stone. Yes, like yellow green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as she leaves. And I'm like, that must have been so dirty when they oh, were shooting. so <laughs> awful. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the intro was interesting. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, but those kids were great, and there were some really good lines the that, kids. The, that the oldest <laughs> kid said. I liked I liked when she was, was saying, no, I, I can't take them or whatever, and the, the oldest uh, kid was like, I believe you, miss. Come on, back to London. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, they did have some great lines. I was actually a little disappointed that as the film went on, they were kind of minimized more and more. Yeah. Because in the beginning, I, I really fell in love with them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all of them were, were very endearing, very charming. Yes, definitely. Yes. Cosmic Creepus, greatest cat name? Question mark. Puss Pants is the greatest cat name, but Cosmic Creepus is a close second. Yes. <laughs> Cosmic Creepus was a hot mess. Why was he <laughs> such a hot mess? Oh my gosh, he looks so frazzled. He looks like, oh my gosh, he was great though. He had the best yeah, I attitude. Thought he, I thought he looked kind of fake sometimes. Like he was a he, he a, looked fake and real at the same time yeah. a lot and it was odd. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not sure what <laughs> was up. I mean, he looked like again. He was he he looked like the epitome of a uh, of a junkyard or um, alley cat, except that he was solid black. I mean, because right, he had. Right. Yeah, because he's like missing. It looks like some pieces of fur. He looked all scraggly. His his fur looked horrible. But man, he yeah. But he had such a great attitude. It was just awesome. He was he was in charge. Very good cat. I liked that when they found out she was a witch. The little girl. I don't remember their names. Um, her name was Carrie. Yeah, Carrie um, was just like, oh yeah, she's a witch. That's what they do. Yes, like yes. she was super unfazed by the fact that magic exists. Yeah. <laughs> 
Charles is the oldest and Paul is the youngest. Yeah, yeah. I put, uh, Charles, I put, uh, Charles is killing me. I love him. He was very funny. <laughs> Especially his whole scene where he's like trying to extort fr- stuff from her. Yes, yes. My Beautiful. favorite line, I wrote it down. No one's going to peach on you. <laughs> That's so, right. He, like, he said the, the wildest things. Yes. He was amazing. I really enjoyed him. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about like when we watched the remake of Dumbo that the child actors were not endearing. I mean, and not at their fault, but just they didn't they didn't capture us. We we weren't attached to them. In contrast, these I loved again, loved these kids, all of them. And especially I think Paul was just one of my just so precious. But yeah, they He's were just cute, great. Yeah. I didn't care for Paul as much in the beginning, but then he like kept growing on me and was like, oh no, he's actually really good too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all really delightful. My, my first inkling that I liked Paul was him liking the older brother better as a rabbit. Well, I never <laughs> had a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but all, yeah, all three of them, great little child actors and they were i mean i loved them the, it yeah. was great all of the, all five of the main characters i really like yes. we we don't meet the fifth one until a bit later but the kids and and angela lansbury's character um love them they're great and, and i'm sure i'm sure you know this but um and what was wait what was angela lansbury's character called and what was the other guy's name eglantine price yes and i didn't write the guy's name something brown it is Mr. Emilius Brown. There you go. Okay, Emilius Brown. Okay, but yeah, Mr. Brown. So Mr. Brown, I'm sure you recognize, was the father in Mary Poppins. Yeah, David Tomlinson. Yeah, he was playing great. a very different type of character here. Yes, I, yes. <laughs> uh, arguably a much more enjoyable type of character. I'm looking at Danica's notes, and she ha- must have a template because it's like Miss Eglantine Price, voiced by Angela Lansbury. Also acted, but she doesn't have that. It's like acted. It is Angel Lansbury. Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) Babe, (laughs) you're calling me out. Uh, Well, I mean, I think it's cute. You're cute. cute. (laughs) That's darling. (laughs) I feel so called out right now. I do. I do totally have a template and you're rude. (laughs) that's so cute but no yeah he he was so delightful he was great oh, i immediately and- i put i immediately liked him and his wacky shenanigans like he he immediately endeared himself to me so yeah i mean he he oh what is the british also actor that does a lot of the monty python that's what his character you know very much portrayed and i could have seen that guy in there too but this but he did a great I know job who you're talking about even though i cannot remember his name but yeah it was great it was great um, and I love that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was just thinking because we recently saw Bartok the Magnificent, but I mean, Bartok the Magnificent had his little traveling uh, show <laughs> similar to Mr. Brown. <laughs> yes. I love that you can, there's a correspondence school for witchcraft. I know. Yes. Just take your lessons and you're like, yes, be a witch. Your, your, your penultimate lesson, you're like learning to ride a broom. But then you find out pretty shortly after meeting him that it's it's all a sham but also the spells actually work yes 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 yes. and well too the very first scene where you first meet eglantine and she comes in on her great 
motorcycle with sidecar she's getting mail and it, it is a package and it's so obviously a broom and yeah, no, one, no one else seems to to you know catch on to that but i mean they might have known it was a broom but they're just like well she just got a new broom gonna sweep up <laughs> no no this lady i totally forgot you you reminded the me gossipy of, lady yes the one that that is like uh trying to figure out where to put the kids and is also like the postal master or whatever she is great she's like you got another package from professor from the professor brown you know how is he do you think he's gonna is show that, up is that jessica <laughs> jesse hop day maybe i think that's her she's played by tessie o'shea she is great i love her she's like trying to get that information and i then, didn't like, ca- i don't know if i caught that yeah yes yes she was she was trying to pry eglantine for information about the letters that she's been getting so um, um Fun fact about Angela Lansbury, Leslie Karen, Lynn Redgrave, Judy Karn, and Julie Andrews were all considered for the role of Eglantine Price. Uh, Andrews was initially offered the part but hesitated, and then they contacted Lansbury, who signed on to it, and shortly after, Andrews contacted them, but... Oh, wow. Angela Lansbury had already signed on, so it's too late. I got it. Yeah, yeah. And I think she... I think she could have been fine in the role, but I do love Angela Lansbury, so I love getting to see Angela Lansbury in the role. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And this was in production before, a little bit before Mary Poppins, do you think? No, No, no at the point where they were actually signed, like, because it was 1969 that they signed Lansbury, so at that, the point where they were calling Andrews would have, was definitely after after Mary Poppins. Interesting. So they're like, you were great as Mary Poppins, like, come back. Basically. And then she's like, I don't know if I want to be the magical lady. <laughs> the magic lady who all who appears in movies that have a short animated segment. Yeah, like, is that what I want? Angela Lansbury's like, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it was Angela Lansbury because then this would have, because there was already a very, you know, many Mary Poppin vibes to this movie. And I and then it would have really felt like, you know, too close if, if, yeah. if, really if she had point. been in there. Yeah, just like, you're just trying to do it again, Disney, and you, you might kind of have a... Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they go on some adventures. He's mm-hmm. he's a fraud, but he got the spells from a book, so now, then their quest becomes trying to find the book, which they do, but it's torn in half, so then they have to find the other half of the book. But and I then like... We get to- no, but but I like uh, they to get the book or where they they find the book is in this alley, which in some ways are reminiscent. Well, where they find the other half of the book, right? Oh, I'm sorry, that's right. That, which is where what I was about to say. Mom. Okay, never mind. I was thinking we were there. So no, let's first talk about the first half of the book. Yeah, that was cute. Well, the first. Well, I mean, the first. There's not a whole whole lot to. Well, he's, actually, we can talk about how the fact that the house that he's in isn't his house, and he's yeah. just squatting because the people are gone, presumably because of the war. Well, yes. no, there what was, was the a, there was an unexploded bomb in the oh, area. Oh, that's right. That's yes. right. So they left the area, and he's squatting in this really nice house. Yes. Uh, yes. Where she's like looking through the library. There's a musical uh, number, and then the the kids are like looking at the toys that were left, and I think. The youngest picks up a book. Yes, that's yeah. where he gets yeah, the yeah. book. But that's, yeah, that's where he has the first half of the book there. And that's what he was writing the, which is correspondence school spells with, was stuff from that book. But the other half got taken in a skirmish. And so they have <laughs> to go find the other half, which, yes. yes, then they go to the alley, uh, Portobello Road. Yes. 
Um, yes. He, he says it a lot of times. I hope I have that right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, and that's a whole big sequence. Right. And, and, which is not as big in the version we saw. But I mean, it's still pretty big. It's still pretty big. big. <laughs> but yeah, it's still, still pretty big. Yes, yes. Reminds yes, me they, of Nocturne Alley, but of course they're flying on their their whenever bed. Whenever he was doing the the bed knob to to Portobello Road or something, I was like, I I said diagonally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cute. No. That's cute. Uh, yes, but I I loved it. And instead of it being a scary whatever vibe, it ends up just being this really fun and an eccentric you know, people and then more like Diagon Alley and, and fun. It was just neat. And then very, um, almost street vendor, just really neat. Yeah. 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 Which started with just a musical number kind of thing as they went through it. And then that developed into lots of dance numbers. Yes. (laughs) It was called a a ballet. They referred to it as a ballet in, um, in the little documentary. Yes. Which was a really good documentary. It was. It's on Disney Plus, unlike the other, unlike the stuff that they talk about in it that you would probably like to also see. Look for that on YouTube. Yes. (laughs) Um, We found it in very bad quality, but at least we got to see it. And this was very reminiscent of the Disney, uh, you know, wonderful world of Disney that I used to watch. So many of the Disney movies had incredible dance numbers. Seven, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers was incredible if we ever see that. But like that, you had these incredible dancers in this. The, uh, the, the setup of that movie doesn't make me want to see it, let's say. Oh, I know. The whole premise is horrible, but the dancing is incredible. If you can ever just see the dancing, it is <laughs> in just in, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a whole long sequence, not quite as long in this version, um, but still pretty still long. pretty long. Um, and then it goes away, and then there's this shifty guy who's basically like, come with me, um, and he leads yeah. him to the book people. But he's holding them up by a knife. He's holding yeah, them up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was gonna he's say. Like, he's like, do you want to buy this? Do you want to buy this? And then he's like, no, no. And he's like, okay, how about this? And he has a knife. This and it's knife. like, okay. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I love, though, the, um, what I'm trying to say, nowadays, I mean, he's holding this knife, and it's a small knife. It's almost like a... Um, it's but like a yet, pocket knife. But yeah, but they're like, okay, okay. I mean, they, they just all go with him. I mean, you'd think it's like, okay, really? Can you... But yeah. There's a lot like, more danger in our current media. Exactly. Doesn't seem as dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Um, but they they go and they talk to this different guy who does have the other half of the book. I it doesn't they call him like the bookmaster. The bookman, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other half of the book doesn't actually have the words to the spell. Um, but it does have a clue. And stuff's gonna maybe get violent or whatever. And I liked he the the bookman like pulled out a drawer that had a big knife. Yes. And the and but then the guy who had the little knife was was like. I'd prefer to use mine because of the sentiment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I liked that. that. That was funny. Yeah. And the bookman, you know, was this kind of neat, quirky looking old guy. I didn't know he was going to be like, so, yeah, let's just like, we're going to get the book. We're going to stab him, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they escape on the bed. And then that's where they finally go to the animated stuff, which... Let's not talk about the animation stuff, like the actual animation of it. Sure. We can just talk about it plot-wise. Plot-wise, in yeah. the version. <laughs> like, well, and um, Paul has found this book that, again, is this is the is the name of the yeah, city. Yeah, that's how they knew where to yeah. go. New- because it's the spell. I don't it's, remember. It's the spell. The part name of, of the island. 
part of Eglantine, or is it Teen or Tyne? Eglantine. Eglantine's quest is this this spell because she wants to put an end to the world to the war that's uh, the whole part of the spell right the, the whole part of her quest actually yes she wants the book specifically I mean, for the spell yeah to not just to do her part for the war yeah i don't think it, the ambition is to end it no but just to help with yes. the war yes yeah and so the name of the you know the, or the spell or the these missing words that are on any of the pages is is it's only alluded to in in part of the book or in the latter part of his book that it exists on this island that is supposedly a non-existent, not a, not a real island because it's this island of talking animals and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, it's actually alluded to be on the star that the, the author of the book wore. Yes. And, and then he was the doing book, some stuff with animals. The book guy said, well, he did have animals in cages and they turned on him and now they're on this island. Yeah. So, yeah, he had some information that he didn't know and then the was kid, the key. And then the kid has been carrying around this book that he likes that he got in the house, the abandoned house, um, that that is about an island that, with animals on it. And he thinks that's the island, so yes. that's where they go to. Yes. And that's where the animated stuff happens. At first, they're underwater, and there's some underwater stuff. I like that and enough. Then, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they go on land, and there's land stuff, which is arguably, like, the thing that I most knew about the movie was that this land stuff existed. <laughs> yes. Um, because that's what you see in pictures and everything, is the characters from this segment. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, they... Long story short, they end up getting the the, the what is it star the, the star that has the words and um, but so I didn't really like their voices that much for those island characters. Oh yeah, the voice acting. So mm. you, I thought the fishes were fine, but so you have you don't like Lenny Weinreb or Dallas McKinnon's voice work. You're giving a big middle finger to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I can yeah. see. Uh, Lenny, Lenny voiced uh, the King Lion and the Secretary Bird, and uh, Dallas voiced the Bear. Yeah, uh, they were. I don't know. I guess I felt like different voices would be coming from those characters. I was fine. The Bear, the Bear, and the and the Bird worked fine for me. The, sure. the King, I can kind of feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So since we're on like voice acting, I'll yeah. say no. That's act. That's I didn't like that's it valid. as much, but it wasn't terrible. It's not like they were technically bad. Yeah. They reminded me there some some of the characters, especially the king of Robin Hood. So it would have been nice. It would have been good if they had had voices that made us really fall in love with the characters, like in Robin Hood. I believe this was a little bit before Robin. I think Robin Hood was seventy seven. Mm. So this was the beginning of the decade. Um, definitely, the character designs made me think of, and especially like how the snout of the bear moved and stuff made me think of both. Uh, Robin Hood and Aristocats. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, thought you were going to say Jungle Book, but I because I didn't get a really vibe like that. But yeah, so maybe they learned some of their lessons of how to make these characters be maybe. Even more... But we'll we'll talk more about animation stuff in animation. But uh, but yeah, they they end up getting the thing, and then they go back to the real world. But the thing disappears in the real world because it's not of the real world. Yeah, and then there's this annoying like couple of minutes where Paul keeps trying to say something and he keeps being shushed. He's like, I know. And they're, and they're like, be quiet. And I'm like, 
Let the child speak. Even if he's wrong, then he'll stop bugging you about it and it's not going to hurt. Let him talk. But, but also, course, obviously, he knows. Yes. For some reason, he knows. He's had the key with him the whole time. He's been saying, like, this book is telling us this is where the land is. Right. I know some rules because I have this book. Yeah. And, of course, he knows the words because it's in the book. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so then they're finally able to do the spell. It doesn't go amazing. And then because, because stuff isn't going amazing, the... Um, David Tomlinson's character decides to leave. Well, it's not because stuff is no. going amazing. Partially because it's some it's complicated. It's some reasons. Well, no, uh, no, no. Okay. I don't know. No, go ahead. Get into it. Get into it. I mean, the the uh, lady comes back. The one that the post mistress and and uh, That's, yeah. early on, mm-hmm. Eglantine was like, "Okay, I'll take them in, but only until you find another place for them." Yes. And so she comes back and she's like, "Okay, this farmer couple has like a good." has space and they promise to take him in. So like good news for you, right? And of course the kids are very charming and Eglantine is like, well, I don't know. And the kids are like, yeah, we've got a dad. He's here now. And so so they kind of bring up Mr. Brown, Miss Price. They're gonna be together and we're gonna be a family. And and he is there Chickens out. Yeah, he's <laughs> yes. he shook it. Uh yes, it's no. <laughs> No, I mean, his character, or, yeah, another good line, he says, I am, by nature, a little bit of a coward. Yes. <laughs> so he runs away. <laughs> the little girl's very good at making oh, it look like she's going to cry. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, her I eyes know. Were She looks so sad. All teared up. She looked very sad. Yes. And then, and, and even the older boy, like, he wasn't crying, but he was very stoic. And it's yeah, like, yeah. yes, that feels very real. Because there was sadness in his eyes. Yes, you're the oldest, you've had to, like, your family's been pushed from here to and there. And he's also like the cynical one. Exactly. So he's kind of like, part of him is probably like, of course this would happen. Yes. Like even, he doesn't have to cry. Like he's got, he's, his character is like stoic and like, I've got to be here yeah. for the other ones because if I cry, then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And then spoiler cut off. Yes. <laughs> and we won't, we won't see how that resolves yet. Yeah. But he does leave. Yes. Uh, or he, he leaves the house. Yes. Yeah, a, a couple a couple of things. This was the era that this was set in. They were very kind of true to, first of all, in that Eglantine would have, having land and being a woman on her own would have been like, whoo, almost uh, one of my favorite movies, Emma, you know, if you were a woman of stature, you could get away with being single or, or not being looked down for, for being a spinster because you weren't married. And so... It's but what what I'm saying is somehow the lady that came to to check on the kids then all of a sudden she seemed as almost kind of like well if you're going to have a family if you're going to have a mom and a dad you know let me know otherwise it's going to go to the the farmer couple it sounded like almost I didn't no. no I didn't get that impression to me I just read it as she's like you didn't want them I found a couple who wanted them. And then again, she's very, I feel like she's very gossipy. So she's like, oh, so this guy's here. Mm. Okay. Let me know if he's going to stay. Just okay. trying. Because okay. uh, like I read it whenever she left. I'm like, she's immediately going to tell everybody that there's this <laughs> man here in her house. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get the impression that there was some sort of like 
implicit down. threat of like they won't be able to stay with you unless he stays. No, no, okay. I didn't, I didn't I get of, that from it at all. I kind of read it that way with some of the verb. I mean, with some of the the conversation or the dialogue. But yeah, either way, I was just going to say I think they had been acting like a family and they were such, you know, and so protective of the kids that I think it just became too real for Mr. Brown realizing that he had, had basically, you know, set up this whole, had created this whole little family or was part of this whole little family unit that just came together. And yeah, I think he just got scared. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was the, the dinner scene was like a really good uh, showing of that because like they f- the kids first had dinner with Eglantine and she just had like stewed st- like just veggies and th- things that weren't very appealing to the kids and they're like we eat fried things we eat like sausages and fingers and mash that was and- one of the things he tried to extort her for is sausages <laughs> yes, yes. yes. And so then whenever you know Mr. Brown comes in and he's he's the one that made food for everybody they do have sausages and like potatoes and things and so like, obviously he wouldn't have taken, or I don't think it's implying that he would have taken over and, like, that's all they would have had, but just, like, a really nice rounding nice of... balance. Yeah, of her stuff and, and his. He's, you know, from London and probably knows, kind of, has uh, similar experiences to what those kids had. And, yeah. And so, yeah, like, it, it felt very nice, like, very family. Yeah, and when they were on Portobello, when they were on Portobello Road, they were all holding hands and they were just so precious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to say, I have two little voice acting notes that I haven't mentioned. The kids' accents are so thick that we put closed captioning on. Yeah. Mm. Um, And also during the uh, soccer match on the animated island, um, at one point the hyena literally just does the goofy laugh. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. It's not even, it's not a laugh. It's a yell. Yeah, I, I wrote laugh, but that's not what I mean. Yeah, it's that... That famous one, like, I'm not going to tr- do it into your microphone and make you all die. I was ready but, for it. <laughs> but yeah. But um, yes. the, the goofy yell when he falls off high places. You yes. can hear it in your head if you've heard it before. <laughs> I, I know. I'm playing it in my head right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. it's, yeah. Um, I think it, that that particular yell actually first came in one of the the ones where it's like how to do a thing. The one where he's skiing, I think, is the first instance of it. And then they just liked the sound clip and they kept. Putting it into stuff, uh-huh. even though it's it's more obvious and and takes me out of it more than the Wilhelm scream. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just really obvious. That's funny. That's funny. Cute. Anything else with non-spoiler story characters voice acting? I just uh, the, yeah. All I was just gonna say is I th- I think they did a really nice job with with, with the quest and just making the story interesting because it. Yeah, it was great. It wasn't, I was engaged the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was an enjoyable story. Like, yeah, I enjoyed this this movie for sure. So animation stuff, um, the medieval art that was what the opening credits were in was an interesting choice. I liked it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't I mind it. it. I mean, there, there's, I've seen much more boring opening credits. <laughs> at least there was some interesting pictures to look at. So, obviously, animation is all just one particular segment, or kind of two two. segments. I really liked how the octopi and the lobsters were animated under the sea. Yes. Uh, The octopi was, like, doing the drums, and then you barely see the lobsters, but they're, like, dancing. I really liked how they were animated. (laughs) Yeah, I liked some of the the jokes they do with fish, because they are... Are they wide, but thin? Yeah, basically. How do they do it? Like, they did the... If you're looking at a fish... They can look 
like a line because they're yeah, they so can look really thin, thin. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then it turns and it's this, you know, big old fish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, I really like the underground part. The clothes, yes. all the all the fish we're wearing especially and some of the different dancer couple fish um, and their, their incredible outfits. That oh, was great. And then when we get on land, I, I really liked the bird guy, um, particularly when the, in the first scene where we see him, how his clothes kept getting messed up. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of a delight to watch him, like, look all ruffled and then, like, slowly as he's talking, start putting his outfit back together. Yeah. yeah. I, I really liked that. The cheetah showed his shame to the crowd. Oh, and that was uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, the crocodile lost his teeth at one point. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. I yes. kind of loved it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He looked so goofy without that. <laughs> and then, like, those little vultures who kept wanting to come out with Aww. to take people yes. uh, who were hurt away. I was kind of rooting for someone to get hurt badly enough that they, they had to take them because they seemed so excited and so sad every time. <laughs> But they weren't able to take someone. <laughs> it made you wonder if they thought if, if this was like their meal or... Right. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I think thinking. they did want to eat David Tomlinson, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, any other any other I, little notes with with animation? Yeah, you I guys. Think you, I think overall, though, it wasn't that charming. So, so yeah, I guess this is kind of the question that we ask, what would the movie have been like if it were live action? Obviously in this case, it mostly is. Mm -hmm. So the question becomes, what would this movie have been like without the animated segment? Oh, does that, is that the question? That's, that's what, that's most what I'm most interested in exploring right now. Yeah. It's like, if we literally didn't have that section, do you think you would have enjoyed the movie as much? You can also, we can also explore if you want the idea of doing any of that section in live action, but I don't know how you would even do that. Well, yeah. I wanted, okay, I need to say something very important here. All right, I definitely, I feel like I could have lived without it, but I watched this, I want to tell listeners, with my six-month-old grandson, <laughs> and I was holding him, and he was so delighted through this movie, but especially during this scene. And even when the soccer, remember the time the soccer ball kept going back and forth, back and forth, he was squealing, kicking his little hand, <laughs> his little uh, legs, you know, waving his little hands, he was squ literally squealing, squeaking in delight. He loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So I think without this part, I mean, I think, I think kids, again, he enjoyed this whole movie. He's literally six months old. And, and interestingly, it's one of his father's favorite ones, though, that who knows, generational. No, I'm just teasing. But no, very much appealing to children. And I think the animation was... It, is very appealing. I to think the, the animated segment is definitely the biggest draw for children. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you watched it as a kid, huh, mom? Like, yes. What did you enjoy about it when you were a kid? Can you remember? Was the animated segment a big part of your enjoyment? Not that, I mean, that I, I, I have no idea. I don't really recall. I think it was just the, I think it was the fantasy of it, probably getting to travel on the bed and all that kind of stuff and be, going to places. But I loved how, once, one thing that I love that I think would fall under animation is how they didn't try to make it realistic. Because in that sense, you know, you talk about how animation we already, our brain already kicks in and knows that this isn't real so we can buy it more. And, and so like, even for example, when they, when they would do the um, bed knob and 
and it would go into them traveling and, and to disappear. I don't know if that was a combination of animation, but none of it. It was sh- definitely part of partly animation. Yeah, yeah. And it was more like a negative of a film and, and, and just kind of like uh, colors. And so in that sense, it was good because it wasn't trying to be some believable, you know, like Harry Potter magic or things like we have today. So it, it, it so the simplicity, I guess, is what I'm trying to say of it. I enjoyed, and I think maybe in his, in my grandson's six month old brain too. I mean, again, there was nothing that was too complicated, if that makes any sense. But yeah, no, I get it. But the question remains: How would this movie have been with this part cut out? I personally could have lived without it, but again, like you yeah. you alluded to, I don't know if it would be as appealing to children. Yeah, I think I could live without it too. I enjoyed seeing it because I enjoy animation, but it. <sighs> I mean, it added a little bit just in that it added to the the extent to which magic works in this movie is that you can even go to these not real locations. Mm-hmm. But did it need to be as long as it was to to convey that? Probably not. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Honestly, I like the underwater one more, even though it was even more superfluous than the land one where you needed to get the, the MacGuffin or whatever. Yeah. And then we learned from that little documentary that that song was actually from Mary Poppins. And then they just took that. The fish one. Yes. 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 It's like there, there was an idea to do this song in Mary Poppins and they didn't end up needing it. So they just used it in this one. Yeah. And it was a cute little song and it was a cute little scene, but not needed. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to agree, Valerie, that was my favorite part of the animation was the underwater bit. And again, just because the characters, even though they didn't talk, the fish were so delightful in all their different outfits and in the little dance numbers of some different kind of little fish sets. And it was just, it was fun. I, that was, that was my favorite part of the whole animation segment. Yeah. I, I have, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll talk about it more in the next section with sound design, but they talked about in the documentary that the original idea for the on land portion also involved a song, mm. but that got replaced with, um, in conceptual stages with soccer, with the soccer thing. <laughs> and, um, I, I, I can't help but think that the song would have been a better choice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you remove it, you have to figure out, okay, how do we get this MacGuffin? And then later, they get the necklace, but then they take it to land, and then it disappears. So then it also has to not be there. Or they have to do something else. Like, yeah. the functionally, how do you achieve what they did if you remove the animation? And I'm sure you could have found something. And I don't know if it would have been... I mean, it probably would have been more endearing. Like, you could you could do it. Well, you find out know. that they didn't need to have gone there no, anyway. That's, because... that's what Valerie is saying, is, is that basically... Part of what the plot there is, is, yeah, the, the the trip itself is fruitless, ultimately, but, like, as a plot point, you don't want to have them discover that he's had it the whole time too early, because yes. that's not narratively satisfying. Yeah. So there does need to be something that they do before they find out, oh, hey, we didn't even need to do all that. It was here the whole time. Yeah, yeah, because you you get the necklace, but then somebody drops it and it breaks. Or you have to give it up to the book guy and because he has a knife on you or something. But then it's like, oh, no, I have this book. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't. Like, yeah, there's got to be something. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you can still do it. But, yeah, like, 
yeah, I guess I was just a little bit underwhelmed with it. And I really liked the the water one, though. I, I did enjoy it, but it also was not. Yeah, it's, it's weird because the thing that I most knew about this movie before watching it was that it had an animated segment. But ultimately, the animated segment was one of my least favorite parts of the movie, yeah, <laughs> um, which is weird because I love animation. But like, I mean, that part wasn't terrible, but no. it just so much of the rest of the movie was so delightful that it mm-hmm. kind of it just wasn't it was a letdown. Yeah. Yeah. Like technically it looked great. Like it wasn't that it looked bad or sounded bad or anything like that. It's just story wise. It didn't do a lot. And again, I think it all would have been a lot more palatable had there been a song rather than a soccer match. And yeah, we can talk about that. Um, let's get into the songs. Um, there are a lot of songs, but also there's less songs in what we saw than were written um, or that were originally in it. Yes. There was the old home guard that was a brief song in the beginning with the old guys marching. Yes. Um, you. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I, I I looked at these old men and I was basically like, when I look at old men, I either like look at them and feel sympathy or I look at them and immediately dislike them. And I'm like, you're old, probably old and racist and terrible. And there's no real in between. <laughs> and so then Valerie's like pointing at them and is like, okay, what do you feel with this face? What do you feel with this face? <laughs> Generally sympathy. Generally sympathy. But there's this one guy. <laughs> he was probably fine. That guy's probably a great guy. I have no idea. <laughs> That's what we got from that scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, then the the first like real, like the main song, um, it, first big song is The Age of Not Believing. Um, that song actually um, received an Oscar nom um, for best original song. Didn't win it, but received it. I'm not sure why it was boring to me, but whatever. <laughs> It was... I liked it lyrically, yes. but didn't really like it very much as a song. Yeah. It just didn't do much for me. I don't know. How did you feel about it, Mom? Well, same here. None, actually, none of the songs. I mean, again, they they were good, but they weren't... They I don't know if they just didn't have enough pep or tempo or something like the Mary Poppin songs to make me just keep singing them, or they didn't have strong refrains... Uh, they were well sung. They were, you know, they were enjoyable and the lyrics were really good. But again, there was just nothing in this that stood out that was real, real catchy to me. Um, yeah. yeah. Can I, can I deliver on, unto you guys a hot take? Mm-hmm. Drop it. There wasn't a song in this movie that was as good as Someone's in My House from Bob Talk. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> That is true. That, that, I was that listening to that song <laughs> yesterday, and it's a bop still. It is. It is. Well, I know, and I need bops. See, I, I think yeah. I think we need bop. I mean, people there's not need really bops. a good bop in this. There song. isn't. There's no or like bibbity boppity boop or, or in, this, in this movie. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of or even supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah, but even like spoonful of sugar and yeah, stuff. There's yeah, other yeah, yeah. bops in exactly. Mary Poppins. Exactly. Yeah, like that was on some sing along tape that I had. Like mm-hmm. what? Could you put any of these on like a single? Yeah, one? I don't. I'm not think. sure that you could. But yeah. let's keep going through them. The next one that wasn't in the movie, but that we watched on YouTube, is "With a Flare," which is a song that Mr. Brown sang um, during his doing magic tricks on the street. Yes, segment. It started with him like putting the table down and stuff. Like As a that. song, it was it was fine. I did enjoy having the extended sequence, getting to see him do more magic tricks. Yes. So I wish, in that sense, it had been in the movie. But as a song, I didn't care that much one way or the other for it. Like, it was fine. 
Yeah. Which is generally how I feel about the songs in this movie. <laughs> right. Like, we shouldn't put too much time on it because, you know what? It wasn't in the Disney Plus version. Yes. I would like to talk about Eglantine, though. And I would Time. like to... Eglantine. And I would like to talk about the version that wasn't on Disney Plus because it was so much better. So, as it was in the movie, Eglantine is a, is a song that he, he briefly sings to her to try to convince her to join him, basically. Yes. Basically in- to, like... Put down her ambitions and, like, join him with yes, his ambitions. Yes, with his ambitions. Yes. In the the full version of that one of that song, for one, goes on a little bit longer. And then also she ends up having a response med- melody to it. And where she's basically, like, actually explaining what it is that she wants to do in this movie. Which otherwise you don't really get until the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, and, like, is also putting him in his place some. And, like, then they have a little bit of a back and forth. And, like, that whole sequence was, like, two extra minutes, maybe? And it was so much... The song I the song itself I liked so much better with that. And then as a sequence, I liked it so much better. Because as it is in the version on Disney+, Plus, it's basically, like him being annoying to her until she turns him into a bunny. Yeah. And in the in a sense it's still that, but you get to actually hear her talk back with it and stuff. So the sequence is called Don't Let Me Down. Did you say that? Yeah, it's Eglantine and then but it they're listed as two separate songs, but Yeah, so it's called Don't Let Me Down. And she basically, like you said, says what she wants to do. And then it, there's kind of an agreement of like, I will think about it but we've got to do my thing first. Yeah. So so even then, it, at least in the story, she's acknowledging like, okay, you said this, but we're going to do my thing. Yeah. And then like, I, she said something like, I may acquiesce. Like, I, I might. Um, but like you said, it's just, he's being annoying. She turns him into a rabbit and then they just keep doing the thing that she wants with no... Talk about it. Yeah. It's, just, it's yeah. much nicer from a song standpoint, from a just enjoyable sequence standpoint, and from a character standpoint, to have the full thing in it, and it's frankly ridiculous that it's cut out. Yeah, because it also gives him a reason to keep being there, because mm-hmm. otherwise you might be like, oh, he's just... Being Still, led along, basically. Yeah, yeah, but no. But here he, like, thinks. Yeah, it, 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 it can be set up like, oh, he's really there because he wants to get her, use her powers, basically, for show business. Yeah. Uh, and and he, she may do it, so he has reason to stay. And otherwise, she never says that she would, so he's just there, and you're not sure if he, how successful he thinks he's going to be. So that is the thing that I am most upset was not in the version on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Um... Because it's barely, it's not a lot of screen time to add on to it. And it's feels, it, it makes everything so much better. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, it, it makes a difference. Yes. Yeah. Next is Portobello Road. Very big, long sequence. Yes. Um, it is even longer in its original conception. And I like it longer, not necessarily because I loved the scene so much that I wanted to see more of it, but I really hate the awkward transitions in the cut version <laughs> where it just kind of like fades into another dance number. Yeah. And it's like, it's not that much different in the full version because like the music stops a little bit abruptly and shifts into a new music and we cut over to a new scene. But that works better to me than awkwardly fading into the new scene. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would much rather have the full sequence just for that, even if, I mean, if you don't, like, love it, you can just kind of zone out for a little bit while some people, like, Dance. do some good dancing. <laughs> like, it's it's fine. 
Yeah. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, it was long. There was some nice dancing. The song sounded good, but yeah, the, it the, was just it was pretty long. The little melody or the little like refrain of, of the song is probably the song that most gets stuck in my head from this movie, yeah. but it's still not something I'm rushing to put on my iPod. Mm-hmm. Next was The Beautiful Briny, which, as you already mentioned, was originally written for Mary Poppins, but fits in relatively seamlessly here. Yeah. I did like during their dance number, because they they start dancing um, among the fish or whatever. I really like the part where they slowly fell. Yes. (laughs) Because they're in water. So there's there's clearly like wire effects or whatever is how they're doing a lot of this dance number. But I like the part where they just slowly fell down and then the animated clouds of dust around them. I just, that was my favorite part of it. Yeah, I guess that's one thing that I forgot to mention in animation. One of the, the fun things about the water one was like, they 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 animated the bubbles coming from their mouth while yeah. they talked or while they moved, and you still kind of had a question of like, how are they just like breathing down here? Yeah, but I'm whatever. like, I guess it's cartoon water, so it works different. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. And in one in in this song, actually, they animate a, a fish going into his mouth while he sings and then coming yes. out, and it's like, okay, you think his voice would change because there's a fish in his mouth? But yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was a. It was a. Fine it was fine. Song. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. That's how we feel about most of these songs. Yes. Um, Substitute Chieri Locomotion was like almost a spoonful of sugar. No, I was going to say supercalifragilistic. Like, I get that. But as far as what it like... Melody wise. Melody wise, sure. it feels more similar to spoonful of sugar. But yes, in terms of like tongue twisters. Yes. Yes. It felt like that's what they were trying to do. <laughs> yes. And it's, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's one of the better ones, I would say, from a musical standpoint. Yes. But again, not like rushing to get it to where I can listen to it a bunch. The only thing I'll say about this is that there's the spell. I forget what it is. They say it a lot in this song. Substitutionary locomotion? No. The the five words that they gotcha, have to say. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Something McCoyda. Uh, yeah. Some, something D something. But they're putting an and in between. They're like blank McCoyda and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like if you're saying a spell and you put an and when it's not in there, the spell shouldn't work. Oh. <laughs> and I don't. I don't like it. This ke- it. this kept bothering Valerie as the movie went on. Yes. It was a big sticking it's point very for her. Important that it's like he said it's five words. You're putting an and in there. That's not one of the five words. I feel like that's not. Well, how we definitely work. should talk about it a little bit more in spoilers, just because it was so <laughs> funny to me that you kept being annoyed about it. But yeah, well, otherwise, uh, yeah. Um. Oh, and then there's two there's two more songs that were are originally in it but were cut. One was actually significantly earlier in the movie, A Step in the Right Direction. Ah. Um, was she sang it while she was trying to wrangle the broom into yes. working. Unfortunately, footage of that one is gone. Um, all that they have are some production skill stills of her doing it. They have the audio for it, so you can like listen to the song, but the the video is is gone. Yes. And then Nobody's Problems, which I I think is supposed to be sung after he leaves, or maybe yes. yeah. It's after I he wish leaves. that it's after had he been. leaves. I wish I'd yeah. Seen I that. wish that one had been in there too, um, because yeah, it definitely shows yes. more where she is emotionally and stuff. That and and you should watch that one because that one was like very emotional. It was very good. Yeah, no, that's good. It's not very long either. <laughs> like they cut all these songs that like most of them don't add much runtime anyways oh and then solid citizen was the song <laughs> that they were going to have before the the 
people making the movie decided to change it to a soccer match. And in the documentary, you actually get to hear a little bit of it. And he's like, this is the first time I've ever like sung it in front of anybody. Yes. So like that documentary is the only time that you get to hear any of it, but it's really cute. It's I liked very it. Funny. <laughs> um, and I won't even spoil what it's about. Uh-huh. Just go watch the little documentary. Yes, so you can actually, find out. It's cute. It's delightful. It's delightful. Um, and again, I think that would have been much more entertaining than the, the soccer, soccer match, match that went on. I guess we haven't really talked about it, but just that soccer match went on too long. It did. <laughs> There's just a bunch of animal gags of them, like, slapsticking, like, doing yeah, stuff as like, they tried to have control of the ball. And, yeah, like, it's like the ball gets stuck on the rhino horn. The ostrich has the ball, but then it gets scared and sticks its head in the It stand. was entertaining for, like, a minute or two. But then it went on for like five or six minutes. The, the shining star in that sequence was the gorilla goalie. Yes. That's it. <laughs> yes, he was rad. Yes, yes. I also really liked the crocodile losing its teeth. Yes, yes. And they could have, the minutes they needed to cut, they could have taken from the animation and given to but they these can't, That's like them. what the kids want. They uh, can't yeah. cut that. There's so many jokes in this scene. Yeah, and I mean, no no insult, of course, to the animators. You did a great job. It's just the sequence was, t- was way longer than it needed to be and wasn't entertaining enough to warrant it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, if you cut that thing by at least half, if not more... It would have been much more bearable. Yeah. I love animation, y'all. It hurts me to say this, but I just didn't enjoy that sequence. Solid Citizen would have been, like, even just the little bit that he played for us and the the concept of it would have been much more entertaining. Yeah, they talked about it being, like, a vaudeville number for her. Yeah. It would have been fun. It would have been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a bummer. Oh, by the way, this, this... Film itself received uh, five Academy Award nominations, and it did win one for best visual, uh, best special visual effects. And we'll talk about why it probably won that in the mm. spoiler section. Okay, because um, okay. yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yes, I love anything it. else before we move on to our next part. No, other than just to say, I, there to me, hindsight is twenty twenty. But you know, I think if they had made some of the animated characters, the king and whatever, just more engaging, like the King John and, like I said, in uh, Robin Hood and things like that. King John's depiction certainly has issues because there's there's some unfortunate queer coding going on with that. And even just in my memory, we'll cover it when we actually get to the movie. But King John is also an entertaining character. And the king guy in this one, not so much. So, well, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, and I, yeah, and I don't even mean to queer code him or whatever. He just he no, just didn't have yeah. much dimension. He didn't have much personality. Yeah, and, and he yeah, had other a than weird, being bad. He had a weird pirate accent, and I don't know why. Yeah. He kept saying stuff like a matey. And, like, I don't understand why. It was never explained. It's not like there's, like, yeah, we go pirating sometimes. Like, there's just no explanation. Let's just say what his voice is. Yeah. And if, yeah. If also, can we talk about that the ancestors of these animals murdered a guy? Yeah. Murdered their captor. I know. Yeah. But still, like, there was murder that happened off the scene. And there but- was a rebellion. <laughs> they were being, who knows what was happening to them when they were caged up. Magical experiments. I don't. Let's go to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? There's one main thing to talk about here, I think. But there's two, I would say. One main thing, but the other shorter thing is that there's a part 
where he says the G word switch, referring to a slur against the Romani people. Yes. That was really gross, especially because it's explicitly talking about a maneuver in which you steal something off of someone. Yes. Which is a gross stereotype of Romani people is that they are thieves. Yes. And shifty. So that was super gross, but I don't feel like there's much to add to that. Yeah. It was just gross and unfortunate. Yeah, like... How do you call attention to the fact that he, you know, swapped the... Not that way. Yeah, like any any other way, please. <laughs> Pretty much anything besides that. That is not necessary. Um. So why did this movie think that him being casually sexist was cute? Because it's not. He kept saying stuff like, women always lose things, or can't women ever learn to file things properly? And it's yeah. not cute, movie. It's not cute. <laughs> like, Why? <laughs> Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, that's one of the ones that I got. And then there's also one thing that, you know, that generalizes women um, in spoiler section. But it was nothing just major. It was more, to me, it was more like feeding on stereotypes of the time. Yeah, but it's like, why do we have to have, like, why does he have to? Because what it ultimately is, is him saying lines that diminish her character. Exactly. And like, why do we have this this person? Because especially, honestly, I don't, like the first instance of it, I feel like occurs very late in the movie. So it's like, I'm already super on board with him as a character and with her as a character. And I'm even okay with the idea of them being together. So why this late in the movie, are you going to suddenly have him say at least two and maybe I missed others, but at least two lines where he's like diminishing her for being a woman. Yeah. Like the, it's I think gross. It was the, women always lose things. And that yeah, just came out of nowhere. And you're it like, did. what? And it, why did he say that? Like functionally, he, I guess he's like revealing the necklace and then it's gone. But there's many other ways to do that. Again, yeah. like you don't have to say something like that. And we can't talk about the circumstances about the uh, can't women ever learn to file things properly. But that was also gross. But yeah, I mean, you see her constantly or like go to her spells and try to find a spell. Sure. It, they're just all over her desk. And so. it's like, I don't think that's a property of her being a woman. I think that's just how she is. Yeah. Well, it, it was clear, or at least the movie had already established, and clearly his character was not intimidated about her and her talents and being able to do the spells and her taking the lead. In fact, he he, he praised her for it. So it was, again, just, to me, male writers or whatever, you have to have some dabs in there about women because these are just silly silly stereotypes like all women are bad drivers or all women are you know or this or that so it's like why throw this in because what the line i haven't even heard like the stereotypes of women lose things and women can't file exactly me neither me neither uh but he said the one at least the one on filing she wasn't present he was looking for something and then made that comment so it's not like he said it in front of her or demeaned her and i was trying to remember no, but it's he said it to the audience exactly the audience hears that and that is literally a line that only functions to demean one of the two main one of the main characters in the movie and that's said by this character that we already like and are invested in. And right. So it's but, awful. Right. Exactly. But my point is, it, it, to me, it's again so unnecessary. But it's almost like the the what the writers feel like they have to. We're letting this woman do all this stuff, so we have to. We have to let you all, audience, know that you know women are deficient in these other. Who knows? I don't know. It's just very pointless. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Anything else for this section? Um. 
unclear if on the Portobello Road one. Oh, right. If some of those dancers were in brownface. Couldn't tell. Like, not the... I don't think they were in blackface. There was one where there were uh, black actors or musicians and, yeah, and black dancers. Yeah, those definitely all looked like black actors. Uh, and, and that was cool. But there was one that... I guess it's like... I'm not sure if it's Middle East, India. Like, yeah, like I'm not West sure Asian exactly. And I think honestly, part of the re- part of the fact that it's unclear is part is oh, is probably partially racism. So, yeah. so I, I tried was... to look carefully. I, I couldn't. There was nothing obvious, but yeah, I wondered too. Yeah, and I looked it up, and I couldn't find anything explicitly confirming or or not. Like I saw one thing that mentioned that referred to it as brown face, but that wasn't like an official source or or anything it was just like it was basically a review of the movie so i don't i don't know but yeah it that could have been brown face and if so it's gross and even if it's not brown face that little segment still kind of feels a bit othering and racist to to some degree yeah are we ready to go on to our spoiler alert skip to one hour 18 minutes and 52 seconds Taking it as a yes. Yeah, sorry. I was. I will cut it in there. Yeah, I was singing it in my head. Sorry. (laughs) So yeah, spoiler stuff. Um, I actually don't have a lot of notes, but there's plenty to talk about because Nazis come. Um, after shortly after he leaves, a whole lot of a whole a lot of stuff happens with the Nazis. They get they lock the main most of the main characters in a castle. It's not. It's like a castle that has like. I think it's like serves as a museum or an armory or yeah. something. I don't think it's an armory because I don't think that stuff's supposed to be functional. <laughs> like, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. True. I think it's like a museum that's like showing different armor from different time periods and stuff like that. And so they're trapped in there. David Tomlinson's character goes and tries to find her spells because she can't remember it because she doesn't remember stuff all the time, and he ends up casting the spell to turn himself into a bunny. So it turns out he can do some magic too. Um, if he believes enough. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah. Because it, it kind of harkened back to the age of not believing. And it's, yes, true, true, true. Uh, and and his little, you know, monologue about, like, believe. Oh, well, again, in Age of Not Believing, she's like, you don't believe in stuff, but, like, believe in you. So, yeah. again, him, he's believing in himself. And I I liked that, yeah. actually. Yes. Same. Yes. And he manages to get into where they're held, and they end up doing the spell that makes all the armor fight so so the movie does end up fulfilling its promise there's not (laughs) ghosts but that was just my guess as to what was happening the 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 beginning credits literally like show what ends up happening at the end of the movie (laughs) which is that she rides on her broom up in the air leading an army of animated animated uh, armor yes um and weapons that go and fight nazis and horses and horses yeah yes Horse horse yeah horse gear yeah and they go and they fight Nazis, and it's, I mean, it's fun, and that's where, like, the Academy Award thing probably came from, is, like, all the effects during this battle. Yeah. There's some fun stuff. Yeah, like, my I favorite, loved it. My, yeah, my favorite one was the, um, 
armor, the horse armor, and the dude on it getting blown up, but then, like, coming back together, but they're not in the right order, and then continuing to charge. I like the one where he was slashing at an armor, and he'd, like, the head would pop up, and it would cut below (laughs) the neck. That was good, too. Arm would pop off as he cut at the arm, and so just, like, the, you could try to hit me, but, like, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. I like that I like some of the ones where they would just get so many bullets, but they'd stop, they'd take off their head and empty out the bullets, or take off their legs and empty out the bullets it was great i did wonder what happened to the little old man though on the beach when they first came it feels like that guy died i I think that guy died i know which was that sad because uh but yeah i but other than that you know because i wondered of course i thought i don't see how he survived this why would they just keep i don't think you see him again in the movie so like i feel like he did it like i feel like if the movie wanted us to know he didn't die it would have shown him yeah after like afterwards at some point but it doesn't yeah like like showed them finding him tied up in the right. armory with where they like. I think put that guy just died. Sad. Uh, in the um, documentary, Angela Lansbury mentioned something about like the old guard that that was very realistic, or, or that there was a a note of truth of like the old World War One veterans like being home and and kind of wanting to protect. But it's not something that I relate to, so. It was just an interesting thing to see and to then hear confirmed that like this isn't something that we made up. Like this is yeah. this is a we're we're pulling from from the time that, that you have this this structure because you have those people that go off to war, but then you have those veterans who were left. So so that was interesting to see them in the beginning. And then yeah, kinda of think about like, okay, if the Nazis did come to their shore, what would that have looked like? It might have and, and it might not have been as successful as her and these animated yeah. things that can't get shot, can't get killed. Right, right. Like the alternative would be okay. There's these. This it old would have been a lot here. sadder. Yes. Oh, yes. So definitely because the Nazis had machine guns and everything else. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Talking about the actual battle, um, clearly at some points there was definitely just a person in the armor, but a lot of the shots, it felt like it was just different puppetry at work, yeah. and I and I, it was impressive. Well, like even it didn't. That. With the mm-hmm. shoes, yeah. Like, even that, that with the shoes, too. yeah, yeah, and the and the clothes dancing around and stuff. Yeah, just some really some good puppetry and special effects work going on here. Yeah. Puppetry is special effects really, but yeah, like yeah, I really well done. Yes, that was very enjoyable. Anything else with spoiler sections that we still want to talk about before continuing? The whole end of the movie yeah, to go me. For it. I I don't know. I guess it felt kind of Weird. sad that yeah. he oh, went that he... to war. Yeah. At the end, I felt. I also don't understand the thing that he said about it seeming more safe to go to war. Was that just a joke about the fact that they got attacked by Nazis? I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. I felt kind of bummed that he went to war. (laughs) Yeah, I felt a real emotional disconnect with that final scene. I guess. Yeah. Like I, I get it, but also in my heart place, I don't get. Like I couldn't. (laughs) I didn't watch him get suited up and say goodbye and kiss her and walk out and march along with them and like feel anything yeah. besides kind of like a confusion not even necessarily confusion so much as it just like this feels like it's for not me yeah this feels like it's for people who have morals and values that aren't quite mine yeah and i just can't relate to it yeah i don't know it, it was, was weird it was for sad. me it was sad i was i was bummed at that but i i like you said it's like oh 
I see what they're doing. It's like, oh, so this is what's going to happen. Okay. I think it's just really hard for me to watch someone go marching off to war and feel pride because none of the wars I've been alive for have been anything to be prideful about. Yes, yes. Like they've been pointless evil wars fought for evil purposes and World War Two wasn't like world there's i mean there's i'm sure there's tons and tons yes. of nuance to both of the world wars but i can at least to some degree understand the reasons that they were fought and like why people would feel like they needed to fight in them yes yes but i haven't ever lived in a time where that's been true of a war that's going on yes so i can't really relate to it yeah yeah I, does that, that make sense, sense? i think that makes sense yeah, I don't I, know if it's different for you, Mom, because the only wars you lived through was, like, the Vietnam and stuff like that. And those were also awful, terrible wars fought for bad reasons. Yeah. So, I don't know. How, how no, did you feel? I mean, and the, no, well, the only thing, I guess, that it, it was reminiscent for me is just that, you know, my dad... Um, fought in world war ii um navy and and my mom grew up in that era where the whole country the whole country joined in for the war effort um as far as you know feeling like they're fighting for liberty and and being patriotic in the sense of wanting to take care of the soldiers that were that were fighting to help you know help the world you know that that they thought uh and you know just the whole country coming together and then also england at the time um which, you know, was one of the big three of the axis of power, you know, trying to trying to hold off and, you know, fight against, I mean, um, the axis. And I don't know. I And so I guess in that sense, I feel like it was kind of a had that war movie. Well, again, it was a war movie that era, but had that that I almost want to say um it's like duty or yeah. Uh, what do you call it when now? Why I'm going blank on what do you call a uh, propaganda? Almost kind of that slight propaganda pride is is how that it ended. But some of the which the, I think is why it's hard for me to connect to that. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. So I'm not saying that I'm for that. But even like I want to almost say the Music Man. I'm trying to think if that musical had that kind of uh, message. But that that kind of you're just going to fight for your country. You're going to defend for your country. That type of thing. Um, fight against. And yeah, I, I, it's so yeah. horrifically hard for me to relate to that in any way. I think I feel like it's probably most supposed to feel at least a little bit triumphant, especially like his character arc is kind of that he's been a coward and running away and now he's not anymore. But yeah. I just can't. I, I can see from a logical and like historical perspective yes. why that ending is supposed to resonate but it doesn't for me. At yeah, all. no, I, I, I know. I mean, because if you think about it, why not stay there and 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 support your family yeah, and defend? No, I, yeah, I, I see. Like you said, from a story point, I see why that is what happened. But it just didn't do anything for me. Yeah. yeah. No more spoilers. Let's go on to favorites and least favorites. Least favorite scene. If it's in spoilers, then be vague, but I doubt it's in spoilers. So why would that be in spoilers? I would just, to me, I think it was the soccer game uh, and animation segment. 100%. It's the soccer match. Yeah, the soccer match is, I actually like the thing before it with the, with the, the bird whose clothes keep getting ruffled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But the actual soccer match, like, no, I don't. 
I enjoyed it for a minute or two, and then it was like, okay, okay, I get it. Yes, that's can it. we be done? Yeah. And then it kept going, and it kept going. Yeah, and he kept getting run over, and it's like, oh, this is so funny. Like it's just not. Uh, so yeah, that's my least favorite scene, definitely. Fair. Favorite scene. Um, I think in spoiler section, <laughs> the big for the me. one of the main scenes that they probably won special effects uh, Academy Award for. Yes, that was my favorite scene. Yes, that one is good. If you need some time, I know what mine is. Well, I was just going to maybe say I kind of liked the one where the kid was trying to extort. Uh, That's my favorite scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite scene. I loved it. So I was so <laughs> delighted during that scene. Yes. I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah. Lots of fun things were said. Like I said, that kid had lots of great lines. Yeah. Like that whole scene just has an energy that I was really loving. Yeah. It was really good. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> Least favorite character. I mean, <laughs> if he were in None more of the, the movie, characters. you could say the clergy guy. But he's like barely in the movie. So. Exactly. Yeah, of the actual character, I guess. Mm, Can, I I say the king? Can I say the I king? Can I say the king? I think so. I guess the king. I guess so too. Because there's a bunch of bit characters, but if they, if I don't really get to see them enough to have any sense of their personality, then I don't see the point in saying they're my least favorite. And, so, and I like the, the main characters. characters. Were nice though. Yeah, hundred percent. So like, yeah, I guess the king. I don't hate him, but I guess he's probably my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. He was just kind of boring because even because even in on Portobello Road, the, the bad guys, I mean, they were good bad guys and they were, you yeah. know, they, they, yeah, they did a, a good part. Line. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Served a good I purpose. Guess it's the king. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite character? They're really delightful. All of them. They are. I'd like, I enjoy the, the five main delightful. characters like, quite a bit. Sometimes it's pretty easy to be like, oh, this kid's my least favorite. But no, those are all really cute kids and they did a very good job. Uh, I guess so I guess I'll say pick. Eglantine because she's like this cool witch lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I the guess, kids are really cute too. Like she's, that's the thing. I guess I'll say that she's my favorite. But the kids and Mister um, Brown are are also like they're, they're like very really they're like barely below her. But if I have to pick her. And for me, I think because I lo- I really did like all the fir- the five characters, but I may just have to say Paul just ended up really winning my heart. So he he edges up a little bit. So I'll say Paul's my favorite. Fair. Um, this movie was a musical. Yes, it was. So what was your least favorite song? As it is in the movie we watched, Eglantine. Mm, yeah. Least favorite. Yeah. That one's your least favorite. As it was in the movie that we watched. Either that or Age of Not Believing, but I liked the lyrics of Age of Not Believing, even if the song itself bored me. I liked the, the song was whatever, but I liked the the dancing stuff and the animation for Beautiful Briny. Substitutionary locomotion is the closest this movie comes to having a bop. I guess I would say Portobello Road, though, for me. Uh, yeah, I like, I like it too much, but I get to, to put it there, but yeah, fair. Right, How about you, Mom? Did you did you decide on one? Yeah, you know, it's just none of them is are really prominent Fair. in my mind, honestly. But um, I, I think I might go with you on the Eglantine because that one especially is not memorable to me in the movie. Um, favorite? I think I'd go with Substitutionary Locomotion. Right. Um, Eglantine might get it if it were the full version. Yeah. 
um, Eglantine combined with Don't Let Me Down, I, I guess. I mean, if we're talking about songs not in the movie, I really liked the uh, Nobody's Problems. Nobody's, that's also that's good. Very... But as far as what's in what we watched, I think Substitutiary Locomotion. But I don't love any they of these songs. They say and in the spell, and that really irks me. <laughs> that's true. That Oh, we forgot to really go into that in the spoilers. Oh, well. They say it and in spoilers, and it really irks me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, mine might just be Age of Not Believing. I know you thought that was kind of more boring, but I, I don't know. I just, I, th- I mean, none of them I really stand that's out. Valid. Yeah. You can like it. No, I know. I was just going to say, I, I, that one kind of stood out the most to me, but none of them really, really did. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Just that it was a very simple, uh, like well sung song. Look, um, the Academy agrees with you guys. You don't have to justify yourselves to me. Yeah, no, I think I'd agree with you and say Age of Not Believing. If Tim Curry were in this movie, I got it. I do think I do been? too. I think I do too. <laughs> oh, I'm go. very curious if you guys have picked the same I'll person. I'll let you go first. I want to say the king, then, it, then I might have liked the king. No, I was going to say the secretary bird. Ooh, Ooh. Interesting. I thought the secretary bird would have been very I good. could see that. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be. Either one of those would be more fun. Okay, I'm sorry. Who are we? Who are we dunking? You're on? gonna dunk on him by name. <laughs> who are we dunking on? We're dunking on Lenny when Wine Rib. Um, unfortunately, we're dunking on him because he voiced both of those characters. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, I think he did fine with the secretary. I liked her, him as the secretary, but part. I think when I heard him, I was like. Tim Curry would be great in this part. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote be, down Tim Curry equals. He bird. would be pretty. Yeah, I could see him in either. But I, you're selling me on Secretary Bird. What I, about you? I advocate Tim Curry doing both because did this other guy voice both? Fair. So That's a, mom. You're so right. <laughs> you're right so right, mom. <laughs> Tim Curry um, yeah, can 100%. do it. I loved it. And, and so that's. I'm, you know, I'm so. You guys sold me. I had. I wasn't gonna have to think about it, but you guys sold me. Good, good. Um, done. Next. Yeah, hundred percent. Great. All right. So let's go on to overall consensus and what you, you would rate it. it. I still like it. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to struggle. I definitely would still recommend it. Absolutely. And I think it's a fantastic, especially, you know, just family friendly. Again, my six month old just adored it. And I, but I really, really enjoyed it. I'm thinking definitely in the threes. I don't know if I want to go up to four. I'm going to initially say, unless y'all convince me otherwise, I may sway. I may sway a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes but, we do. Uh, but I'm going to say 3.75. Okay. Okay. I would recommend it just because, yeah, it was a, it was a good entertaining film. Yeah. Yeah, so go for it if you want to watch it. I would say 3.25 for the one that is on Disney+. Plus. And I am going to venture a guess that I would have upped it to 3.5 if it would have had the extra things. Babe, you're it. so right and valid. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to... Literally what you said. 3.25 is where I'm at too. And I venture a guess that I would probably go for 3.5 with the more complete version. Because honestly, again, watch that song, Nobody's Problems. That yeah. like made me trap a bit. It was very... Good. Yeah, that that song's good. Um, the him oh, the him getting response. to the sing and the the full version of Eglantine with the response um, are are already great. And those are the main things we watched because that's easy to search on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but I'm 
I probably wouldn't mind having the subplot with the yeah. preacher guy in there, so at least it makes more sense of him being in there at all. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, like, I feel I feel like the, the complete movie, I would put it a 3.5. So yeah, 100% echo what you said. 3.25 would be probably 3.5 if it was the full version. And I'm going to slightly amend and say that I am going to go to 3.5 and say that I would definitely be then my 3.75 if I got to see the full movie version, because after seeing what was cut out and I feel I feel like it definitely would have for me been a solid 3.75 if I could have had those things in it. Valid. Yeah. Yeah, this was fun. I had looked on the side and found out that the movie that I was alluding to at the very beginning was a 1959 Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And I did see that when I was looking through everything on Disney Plus. Yes. Is is it on Disney Plus? Yeah. Are you serious? It is. Oh my god. Gosh. Okay. I feel oh I feel gosh. like that one's gonna have some stuff for the how's it hold up section because well, of even its name. It's not animated though. It's not. So she could just watch. No, it. but there. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 sure. Oh, okay. No, I don't mean that we're gonna cover it. Oh. I just mean that like I feel like that movie is probably gonna have some issues. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. But no, it's on Disney Plus, so check it out sometime, Mom. What? You can just watch it whenever. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you probably heard from us like the things that we've watched when we were little and they're like oof, oh now. yeah 100 percent. definitely curious uh you should tell us about yeah it but they're literally it. supposed to be little leprechaun like little little teeny leprechauns so yeah. yeah it might be fine i don't know um but doesn't matter for this podcast this episode's long we're gonna end it okay next time <laughs> we are going to take a trip to egypt and have a tale of two brothers fighting Ooh, okay Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Um, Hopefully you had fun listening to this uh, uh, long episode and we will see you next time. Please like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Yes. We have a Twitter at how's it hold up pod without the apostrophe. Um, Yes. If you say something to me, I will reply. Yes. And stay safe. And we're thinking about you and love y'all. Yes. Love you. Bye. Bye. This has been how's it hold up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. It's like duty or it's like duty, it's like duty, 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 duty.